Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. In three, two, one. With us right now, Dan Gingas. Dan, you are the experience maker. You're found on the web at uh, dangingas.com. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. Super excited to be here and talk a little customer experience with you. Yes, well, you've certainly graced many a stage. And so, Dan, I, I guess, you know, for the uninitiated, uh, go ahead and give us an overview of, of your work. Sure. So I spent 20 years in corporate America. I've been there. I've been in the trenches doing the work at companies like Discover, McDonald's, and Humana. And then since then, the last three years, I have run my own company. My joke to everyone is I like working for the Dan better than I liked working for the man. And uh, (laughs) hopefully that doesn't change. So I am a customer experience speaker, coach, and author. And I help companies find opportunities to create remarkable experiences for their customers because the research shows that customers are willing to share positive experiences more than negative ones. It's just that as customers, we don't have very many positive ones, which is why we don't see as much being shared. Yeah, that's that's true. Your book uh, is uh, just launching here, or as of well, as when this episode airs, it's out. It's it's a, it's available to buy right now. It's called the Experience Maker: How to Create Remarkable Experiences That Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. All right, so Dan, let's talk about some of those remarkable experiences. How can we create those for our customers? Sure. So I introduce a methodology in the book that I call wiser because I want you to be wiser than the competition when it comes to customer experience. And wiser stands for witty, immersive, shareable, extraordinary, and responsive. And these are five things that companies can do to create the types of experiences that are more likely to be shared. You don't have to do all five of them. Luckily, even one is going to make you stand out from the crowd because let's face it, most experiences that we have are very ordinary. They're average, they're so-so, they're boring. And so even taking one of these pieces and enhancing your experience just a bit is going to have you stand out from the rest of the crowd. And that's what I'm trying to do. The cool thing about it is it contains dozens of real-life examples, both from my time in corporate America and great examples that I've collected over the years. And all of the examples are simple, practical, and inexpensive. Because again, I've been in the trenches. I'm not going to tell you to do something that I know is going to cost $4 million and legal is never going to approve. These are going to be simple. (laughs) Well, what would be some of this? And I'm sure it's filled with case studies of of people that have tried different things that have actually been a huge positive for their customers. But what would be some examples of of companies that have done this right? Uh, One company that definitely comes to mind, and I tell you, of all the companies I talk about when I get off stage, there's always somebody that runs up to me and says, 
let me tell you my story about this company, and it is Chewy.com. It's the pet supplies company. Uh, and Chewy has long been known for treating its customers, both human and and animal, uh, in amazing ways. Uh, lots of stories of people who have actually lost pets, and not only do they receive a condolence right, card, but they get yeah. flowers in the mail. Um, and think about that for a second, because someone who's lost a pet, oh. by definition, has just stopped being a, chew- a chewy customer, right? Mm-hmm. But they know better. They know that that person's going to go get another pet somewhere down the road, and they're going to be even more loyal to Chewy. Um, I have a great example from them as well about a customer service situation that I think they handle better than any I've ever seen. Um, and so it's a company like an Amazon, like a Starbucks that just has customer centricity built into their culture, and and they do everything well. Wow. Yeah. Um, Dan, I just want to have you tell me more stories. <laughs> I love storytelling, man. Yeah. That's that's what that's what's fun for me. Um, I, I really I, I have a lot of fun with it and I continue to collect more and more. Um, in the book, I share a lot of things that are as simple as signage. If you have a physical location, but if you don't think about digital signage as well. I'm talking about literally when I walk into a restaurant or a store or uh, or some other establishment, what is it that greets me? What do I see first as a customer? Um, even directional signage can be changed to be more interesting and more fun. There's a great example in a restaurant in Chicago. Instead of having that universal male-female stick figure bathroom sign, they mm-hmm. just put a lit up poop emoji instead. Brilliant, right? Because everybody <laughs> knows what that means and it gets a <laughs> chuckle and it creates an experience where one didn't exist because nobody's yeah. ever had an experience with a stick figure sign. But right. now they have changed that and they've made it into something. So lots and lots of examples like that. Yeah, I, there's so many opportunities like that for um, you know UGC, right? User-generated content, which I believe is probably one of the most effective advertising that, that you can have. Someone goes to a restaurant, you know, shares a glowing review to all of their Facebook friends and the number of transactions that that creates on average is significant. So as business owners, like what can we do uh, to create more of that? Well, you're absolutely right. And you know, word of mouth marketing is the holy grail of marketing. And I spent 20 years as a marketer chasing after that, right? And I can't tell you how many CMOs came up to me and said, well, can't you just create a viral video? And I'd be like, well, sure, if I could do that, I would do that in a heartbeat. And actually, that's what I love about where I'm at right now, which I think is the intersection of customer experience and marketing. I believe that more important than any marketing campaign that you could be putting together right now in any channel is to get your customers talking about you instead. And to do that, you've got to build experiences that are worth talking about. And again, what we see is the vast majority of experiences are not worth talking about. The ones that are worth talking about are split between they're worth talking about because they were terrible. And then a few of them are worth talking about because they're great. And so to me, that's the opportunity for so many companies is to find that experience that people are, that people want to talk about. And then what you're going to find is you don't even have to ask them. You don't have to say, please go on Instagram and follow us and use our hashtag and post a picture of this because they'll already be doing it. Yeah. Excellent. Dan, how did you get into this line of work? Like what's your background? 
So I was a marketer for a long time and I actually got recruited into a role at Discover. I had been at Discover for a while. I was recruited by the chief digital officer into a role called the head of digital customer experience and social media. And I went out to lunch with the guy and I said, look, I'm really honored that you're recruiting me for this role. However, you should probably know that I have no background in either digital customer experience or in social media. (laughs) And he said, don't you think I know that already? And I said, Hmm. well, then why do you want me for this job? And he said something that totally changed the course of my career. He said, I've been watching you in business meetings and you always have the customer's hat on. You are always trying to solve business problems using a customer lens. And at the time he said, we want to do that in digital as well. And he was very forward thinking in that way. If you go to my Twitter profile at D Gingis and look at the date that I joined Twitter, it was the date that I took hmm. over that role as the head of social media. To oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I better learn this Twitter thing. Right. And so uh, I learned it by doing it and I became really passionate about it. And I realized the power of customer experience yeah. that again is so much stronger than any other marketing campaign, unless you have you know, a blowout Super Bowl ad or something that, you know, mm-hmm. is the is the most memorable in the Super Bowl. But A, that's super expensive. And B, it's really hard to get to the top of that heap. Yeah, right. Uh, Dan, when you work with a company, like how do you help them find those opportunities for experiences? I, I'm thinking that, I, I don't know, well, I don't know. You take me through the process. I'm just like thinking of like, you know, uh, I, I don't expect the CEO to just, magically grab these ideas out of the air. There's got to be some processes to help discover some of these opportunities, right? Absolutely. And it really starts with understanding the most important parts of your customer journey. So let's assume you've got a B2B company, right? And that's going to start in sales. And one of the things that B2Bs mess up is you have a salesperson. I buy from that salesperson. Why? Because I like that salesperson. I got 20 other salespeople trying to sell me on other stuff, but I like Josh. And so I'm going to buy from him. The first thing Josh does besides from celebrate with his internal buddies after he makes the sale is he passes me on to somebody else. And he says, here, this is your customer success team. I'm out. I got to go make more sales. And the customer is left saying, hold on a second. I liked Josh. Where did Josh go? You know, (laughs) and now you're putting me with somebody else. So I look at the parts of the experience where you are likely to have either a transition or it just becomes a critical moment. Um, For uh, when I was at Discover, applying for the credit card, what we found was we were asking too many questions in the application. It, Mm -hmm. It was too overwhelming for people. And so they quit it. And as soon as we cut out a bunch of questions. I think we brought it down from something like 22 questions to seven. And it was hard because we had to ask people around the company, why are we asking this question of the customer? Who's using this data? And Mm. when nobody raised their hand, we said, okay, we're not asking it anymore. And sure enough, when we brought it down to seven questions, the completion rate went way, way up because we weren't standing in people's way. So I look for places where companies inadvertently, they do this all the time. They stand in customers' way. They put up barriers, they create pain points, there's frustration, friction, friction. We've all had it. We sit on hold forever. We listen to stupid automated messages. There's just all of these things that are there. And the good news is that's what keeps me employed is because there's a lot of opportunity to fix those things. And I always ask at every one of those steps, do we have to do things like everybody else does it? And can we refuse to be boring? And another great story, you may have heard this one. There's a company called Uber Conference that decided that waiting on hold didn't have to be boring. 
And so they hired a singer songwriter to create a song called I'm on hold. Go Mm. look it up on YouTube. It is amazing. Literally the first time I heard this song, I was hoping that the person on the other line didn't pick up because I wanted to hear the rest of the song. When's the last time you felt that way waiting on hold? Never. But they said, waiting on hold doesn't have to be boring. And they completely changed the experience. And so everywhere you have an interaction with a customer, you have a chance to wow. Chances are you're not taking advantage of it right now. Mm, Yeah. I, you know, I'm just thinking that, you know, let's say it's a, 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 you know, someone's listening to us there at the uh, head of a smaller organization. They've got maybe five employees, maybe they're an agency, something like that. Um, What's a good price? Like what questions can they ask themselves? Like how can they uncover some of these opportunities? Well, the first thing, the first question they have to ask themselves is, can we compete on price? The answer is going to be no, because that's a loser's game. It's a race to the bottom. <laughs> sure. The second question is- You answered that for them. <laughs> yep. But it's, but you got to ask it before you can answer it, right? Right, right. The second question is, can we compete on our product or service? And generally, the answer is no as well, because so much has become commoditized. Look at one of the most innovative companies of our generation, Uber. And now today, get in a car and you tell me if you can tell whether it's an Uber or a Lyft. And generally, it's the same car because the driver is driving for both companies. There's no differentiation anymore. So chances are the answer to question number two is going to be no also. If you can't differentiate on price and you can't differentiate on product, the only thing left is experience. And the good news is, is that every company can differentiate on experience. So even if you have four or five people, I'd start with the people or person that is customer facing. And I'd start figuring out where can we create some experience that doesn't exist today that customers don't expect. Very simple example from my book. One of my favorite companies is called Punk Post. It's a company you go onto their website or their mobile app. You pick out who you want to send a card to. You can send a thank you card, a birthday card, whatever kind of cards you want. You tell the app what you want it to say, and they hire an artist to hand write it and to hand draw little you know, cartoons on it, et cetera. They also hand do the envelope. And I'm telling you, Josh, when you see this envelope in your mailbox, 100% open rate because it just stands out. And the best thing about it is the cost of it is no more than a Hallmark card and a stamp. It's just think about, if you think about the levels, right? Simple way to say thank you, send an email. Next best way to say thank you, write a thank you note or send a Hallmark card. The best way to say thank you, send them a punk postcard and give them something that they're going to hang up on their wall and remember you by, which is exactly what happens when people get those kinds of cards. So there's so many, you know, look for the simple stuff. Don't look to customer experience does not have to be a multi-year, multi-million dollar transformational project. It's really about just thinking differently and every chance we have with a customer to try to do something that is a little bit unexpected and a little bit better than ordinary. Yeah. You know, uh, for your book, uh, The Experience Maker, uh, and I'm on your bonus page here uh, at dangingus.com, where you've got some bonuses uh, for the book. Uh, One of the bonuses is you've got a bonus chapter uh, where you look at the effect of COVID-19 on customer experience. Can you give us a couple of highlights from that chapter? Absolutely. I mean, Obviously, COVID changed everything for both companies and consumers. The first things 
The first thing that happened is companies realized that their business continuity plans were terrible and they ripped them up after about a week. Yeah. And so I do yeah. think that one of the things going forward is companies have to be better prepared. It's okay. Nobody expected this pandemic to happen, but we can't say that next time. Whatever next time is, it may not be a pandemic, it may be something else, but we all now have to be prepared for what happens if our business shuts down and we can't deliver product or we can't you know, keep our doors open. So that's one thing. I think another theme that's coming out of COVID is safety. And that's both physical safety as well as digital safety. Customers are not going to do businesses, business with companies where they don't feel safe. And employees are not going to work at companies where they don't feel safe. So this is about the safety, the physical safety within your, uh, your work environment, within your uh, brick and mortar store. I don't mean just wearing masks and being afraid of catching a virus. I mean, mm. slip and fall. I mean, um, you know, uh, protecting against, you know, uh, any sort of crime or, or other things that might be happening in a store. This is going to be much more acute. And then obviously on the digital side, data security, privacy, handling my credit cards, all that sort of stuff. People are giving companies one chance. You mess it up. It's too easy for me to go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. And so that's going to be a very, very high priority. I think the last thing is one of the positives, at least from my perspective, of a horrible pandemic is that it really shined a bright light on the importance of customer experience and employee experience. And they go hand in hand. Happy employees equal happy customers. We cannot expect employees to deliver a great experience if they don't know what one looks like, if they've never had one themselves, and if they're certainly not getting one at work. So these are all the kinds of themes that have emerged uh, from the pandemic. Uh, one more that just came to mind is uh, working from home and how so many companies now that said they would never have people right. work from home are figuring out, man, this actually works pretty well. Um, and and one of the biggest advantages is we can hire people from anywhere now. We don't have to hire just from down the street. We need a digital marketer and we live in Boise, Idaho. We can find somebody in New York, you know, top of the line to be our digital marketer because they can work from home. And so I think that's a huge opportunity for companies that we'll see uh, continue after the pandemic as well. Yeah, Dan Gingis, I love it. Your website, dangingis.com. And again, the new book, The Experience Maker, How to Create Remarkable Experiences That Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. Dan Gingis, thank you so much for joining us. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share re you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. 
can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review, and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.